Hey, Dad, what do you do when you're out with friends? The waiter comes up and tries to take everybody's order, but the whole table freezes up, and everyone's looking at each other trying to find some help. Mm, that's a great question. So what, what should I do? You should have some confidence, Dad, or as our friends at Jägermeister call it, shotfidence. If everyone's having trouble ordering, here's what you do. You take charge. You grab the bull by the horns. You find that dog in you, and you make an executive decision. And just order for the table a round of ice-cold Jägermeister shots. Damn, that's cold. Because apparently, we've all been drinking Jägermeister wrong. Did not know that. How should we be drinking it? Glad you asked, Dad. We should be drinking it ice cold at zero degrees Fahrenheit. Well, that brings up other things that I love ice cold as well. And I'll tell you right out of the gate, that's going to be a candy bar pulled out of the freezer. That's my way of eating candy. Oh, I love it. On the golf course out there, you get to the turn in the middle of the round there, and you get to that little clubhouse there, and they've always got the candy bar options, and I always see they've usually got a little box of them in the freezer, and it always makes it better on a hot day out on the golf course, taking a bite of that cold, cold chocolate and getting ready to go for the rest of my round. It's the same way with Jägermeister. So wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice-cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. Lots of things go better together. Hockey, food, golf, peanut butter and jelly, Gojo and Golik, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. What? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. You're listening to DraftKings Network. Gojo. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Gojo with Mike Golick Jr. That is me. Uh, not with me, as always. Super producer Brandon Newman on vacation. Uh, shout out to Drew and Isaiah holding it down here this week with us. And, uh... Not with me, as always, my father, Mike Golick Sr., who is now off and beginning his journey out in Tahoe at the American Century Classic. He's getting ready to go do the golf thing, and so he's got to get locked in for that today. I appreciate it. I think we just showed. Wait, can we pull that back up? So a peek behind the curtain here. In the program we use to run this show, for anyone, and as we have a great show today, download, subscribe, rate, review, five-star rating, check us out on DraftKings YouTube, so you can see my father's frozen face as every day when I log in to do this show, 
my dad's face confused looking at the camera as he starts his computer is frozen there in time on this program and so today dad is not with us he's out there getting ready to golf i think they've got some sort of like beginning round today out in tahoe but his frozen face is hanging out with me here in the chat so dad we miss you it's comforting to have this little uh weird frozen version of you that we can actually control here so we'll see if we can make up some quotes to weirdly attribute to my dad's frozen face as the show goes along but uh we'll have dad back tomorrow so we can check in on how the proceedings have gone for anyone that's watched over on the Dan Lebitard show which you can do here on the uh, draftkingsnetwork.com uh after us uh Stugatz, Mike Ryan and Jeremy Tashe are already out in Tahoe getting the groundwork set so that when we get out there we'll be good to go we will have updates on Stugatz's pursuit of caddying for my dad on Friday and all the mess going on there but with all that in mind it's going to be a solo gojo show today um we do have a cool treat though coming up on the show today in addition to the bombshell uh, article dropped by Seth Wickersham and Don Van Not over at ESPN concerning the Washington Commanders team sale, Daniel Snyder, John Gruden, and everything that went down with the situation involving the leaked emails that ultimately led to Daniel Snyder's demise. Again, the most terrifying force in the world and the most terrifying site around your facility has to be when Seth Wickersham starts poking around. Because if Seth Wickersham's walking around your building, ain't nothing fun getting written about you. I can assure that. So we've got that to certainly get to. But we've also got the fellas from the Cooligans podcast stopping by over at uh, DraftKings Network as well, under Metal Arc Media as well. Talk to those guys as we're getting ready for the Women's World Cup coming up very soon. Um, this show is going to be dark all of next week, by the way. We are going to be off next week, taking some vacation before the NFL season gets going. And so wanted to get into a little bit of this right now as we've got the U.S. Women's National Team going out in what could be a more competitive field than we have seen in quite some time the world rising up around us and starting to kind of close the gap a little bit, but also get to know a lot of the new faces on the U.S. women's national team. 14 first-time members at the world stage going and being involved in the World Cup on the U.S. side. So uh, it'll be very cool there. The guys from the Cooligans are a ton of fun. If you haven't checked out that podcast, please do. You'll get a little taste of them with us, and I can assure you, you're going to want more coming off that. So very excited to get to all that as the show goes along. But uh, we did have Major League Baseball's All-Star Game last night. We spent a lot of time talking about the Home Run Derby the other day. And obviously, if you want baseball stuff, baseball is dead. Jared and those guys are going to do a much better job covering it than we are. But I do have to say, fun game overall. We had the National League actually win the All-Star Game for the first time since 2012. They win by a final score of 3-2. to two. According to MLB stats, the last time the National League won the All-Star Game back in 2012 – Bryce Harper and Mike Trout were appearing in their first All-Star game. Derek Jeter had led the league in hits at age 38. There were three perfect games that year. Uh, Gio Gonzalez led the league in wins with 21. And Carlos Correa had just gone number one in Major League Baseball's draft. So um, it's been a while. And they finally got over on that. The biggest thing I took away from this um, as we went through the proceedings Number one, Major League Baseball's All-Star Game, probably of the All-Star Games that we've got going on right now, is the best one remaining. It's the one that gives you, I, I think, the closest to competitive action just because it's harder to fake the funk. 
over on baseball because pitchers and hitters control so much of the action. It's not like the NBA and the NFL where no one plays defense, no one's trying to get hurt. Um, you know, hockey's a little bit of the same. That one probably a little bit more untouched, but Major League Baseball gives you the product that's actually closest. And in this game, we get the better access because now we removed the stakes from this game for a long time, having the idiotic tie to home field advantage in the World Series, which is one of the dumber things that I could think of happening. Thank God they went away from that. But now because of the lower stakes of this game, you get mic'd up moments and all the access that can come with the structure of baseball. To me, it's the most competently executed all-star game that we have in pro sports right now. And while it won't necessarily drive me to watch more baseball, it will get me to comment on how fun it was to hear from Freddie Freeman and Mookie Betts both mic'd up together. Would sign up for the buddy cop comedy of both of those guys in a heartbeat. That was electric comment content we had a batter and a hitter mic'd up at the same time. Um, I think that was Yvaldi uh, mic'd up. I, I I struggled with that one because while it was cool to see him and then the batter mic'd up at the same time, doing that to a pitcher in the middle of a game seems like the one guy to maybe not mess with because there's so much thought that has to go on in there. Now you got the pitch clock factored in, and he's the closest to the action when the ball comes back off the bat. So – I thought maybe we could leave the pitchers out of it, having the guys in the infield. Still, you had them kind of on edge, but most of these guys were good enough personalities to deal with it. Um, we had the wonderful moment where they showed uh, Shohei Itani coming to the batter's box in this game, and the entire Seattle crowd was basically lobbying for him there. Also, shout out to Freeman and Mookie Betts for both when asked about Shohei Itani, understanding that the league is listening and that tampering is apparently still real for some people and they weren't going to get caught up. But that Seattle crowd making it abundantly clear they wanted Shohei to come to Seattle as that hung in the balance over the entire proceedings in the All-Star game. The other thing with the All-Star game that gets me is it gives me major chain envy. I have never been and will probably never be able to pull off wearing a gaudy necklace or any sort of jewelry. But watching the going through this game, incredible chains uh, the entire way. I think I saw Ronald Acuna had the too small celebration of him out at second base turned into a diamond chain. That's some cool stuff you can only do when you're Ronald Acuna, not when you're Mike Golick Jr. And so uh, thus concludes our compelling coverage of Major League Baseball's All-Star Game. Uh, again, for more on that, make sure you hit up the guys over at Baseball is Dead. What I want to get to here is something that popped up quickly yesterday and involves who else but a sitting U.S. senator. As we have the hearings going on uh, the in uh, the U.S. Senate concerning the PGA Tour and Live merger. This was an antitrust-based Senate, a bunch of stuff that people don't probably want to hear about anymore. We've had enough legalese this week. But you had the quiet part get said super loud as Senator Rand Paul took to the microphone to extol the virtues of antitrust laws. The court ruled unanimously that the NCAA can't invoke their rules. And so they've completely screwed up college athletes. We used to be proud. Many of us love watching amateur athletes that weren't paid. Now everybody that plays basketball in, in college is going to be driving a Bentley or a Rolls. I mean, we're going to be seeing rap stars instead of basketball stars. I mean, this is crazy. But you know why it happened? Because Congress sat around and said, oh, well, because of antitrust, we can't let the NCAA do it. It went to the court, and the court made the ruling, unfortunately, a unanimous ruling based on the law. Who that dog whistle is singing loudly uh, during the course of that testimony. 
and so again, this starts off with different lawmakers operating or arguing for or against antitrust laws as it pertains to the PGA Live merger. It then veers very quickly into a conversation about the most other public showing of antitrust laws on display that Rand Paul mentioned there, which was the NCAA getting bodied in the courts when it came to the idea of player rights. And I always struggle with wanting to give these things too much air because some people are catering to a base to a base. I never know how much to ascribe, but I'll take Rand Paul at his words because those are not so thinly veiled bits of racism making their way into the conversation about student athlete rights. And I hate even using that term and I mistakenly do from time to time. The thing that struck me about this though is what he said there about the idea of enjoying watching players that you know aren't making money struck a chord with me because it was always my fear in covering college athletics when we would have these conversations before NIL stuff about pay for play and the idea of athletes getting a piece of the pie is I was always worried because I felt like this sentiment was never too far from the surface when people would argue in favor of the virtues of amateurism when people would talk about how much that idea meant to them, why they enjoyed watching the college game versus the pro game. I always thought there was a little tinge of, well, we like knowing that we got money and they don't. At least these people who have incredible ability and more of it than we could ever dream of, who are getting an education paid for by the school, at least they can't make any money. At least we got that over on them. And oh, by the way, the vast majority of the players playing football and basketball are black and brown. And so there's that dynamic at play too. And so it felt like a lot of this there. I was encouraged as we've gone along with the NIL proceedings and we've seen the money essentially turn into a pay-for-play system in college sports that I have seen and heard less of that sentiment than I expected to be there. I was heartened by that publicly. And that's not to say that there aren't people that still feel this way privately or who say it much less aggressively, right? It pops up in other ways. It's usually not stated this explicitly. Rand Paul did us that favor of saying the quiet part extremely loud, but overall points back to this idea that I think there was always a faction of people that did enjoy the fact that they at least had that leverage. But despite the words from the Senator here, and listen, it, I'll take him at his word that these are the way he feels and that is how he views the young people playing this game, which do with that what you will. But I do remain encouraged, at least anecdotally from my vantage point, that I have heard a lot less of that perspective as we've gone forward into the new world of college athletes being able to get some coin. All right, guys, let's talk about Jägermeister. They could have written a totally normal ad here, like a really classic ad. They could have talked about their history, the 56 botanicals. It could have been all salesy and cutesy, but they know you don't care. Jägermeister doesn't want to be like all those other ads you've seen and heard. They just wanted to say two things. Jägermeister is great, but everyone has been drinking it wrong. Damn, that's cold. Drinking it wrong? All right, if that's the case, how should we be drinking it? They are so glad you asked, and so am I, Dad. I'm here to help you. Ice cold is the answer, at zero degrees Fahrenheit to be exact. Ice cold shots of Jägermeister. That's it. That's all they want to tell you. So, wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends or at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister U.S., White Plains, New York. 
Uh, I guess if I were a good host also off the top of the show, I would have mentioned um, that the other usual member that you were used to hearing on Wednesday is also not with us today, our dear friend Charlotte Wilder. As I got a text from my mom going, where's Charlotte? Charlotte is still out in Vegas covering Summer League with me and El Hassan. You can check out their new podcast, Oddball, over at Meadowlark Media, our wonderful friend of the show, Charlotte Wilder, who's had her nebulous project being teased with the folks at Metal Arc for a while now, got it unveiled. Her and Amin have been doing some awesome stuff out at Summer League that you've probably seen show up on the Levitard Show coverage. So support our friend Charlotte. She will be back here with us uh, soon. Summer League's presented some complications scheduling-wise, and so I don't think we're going to get her this week. But again, Oddball with Amin El Hassan and Charlotte Wilder. Download, subscribe, rate, review, enjoy yourself. What will surely be one of the more unique basketball podcasts that you will consume. Um, we will get to shortly our interview with the fellas over at the Cooligans podcast as well, but wanted to touch on this briefly, and we mentioned it off top. Seth Wickersham and Don Van Nata wrote an exhaustively detailed piece documenting the entire fall and the beginning of the end of Daniel Snyder's tenure with the Washington Commanders, going all the way back to the leaked John Gruden emails and how they set into motion the course of action that would ultimately land Daniel Snyder on the outside looking in from NFL ownership. I encourage everyone to read it. Seth and Don always do phenomenal work, and this is no exception. But there were a few things that stuck out because the article is essentially positioned as a whodunit for the email leak that ultimately became the beginning domino to fall in this procession, right? We've now gotten to the end result we all wanted, which was Daniel Snyder no longer as a member of the NFL. But remember at the time, these email leaks were the biggest story in sports. I remember watching the Monday night football game between, I believe, the Raiders and the Colts when this news originally broke and John Gruden's future in the NFL all of a sudden started to become clouded and everything in between from the rest of the emails that were all part of a uh, look into an investigation into the Washington commander's toxic workplace culture, the disappearance of those emails, the lack of the Wilkerson report on the commanders ever being made public, all of these things that sort of lied in the shadows. And this article starts to flesh out some of the players in this and what the motivations may have looked like. So again, it's presented as this whodunit. Who would have leaked these emails and why they positioned three people as potential culprits for this? Top NFL executives, including Roger Goodell, as the potential source. D. Smith, the former head of the NFL Players Association. And Daniel Snyder himself, aided by his New York law firm, Reed Smith uh, and company there, along with Desiree Perez, who is one of the heads of Rock Nation, uh, Perez and Reed Smith, by the way, had their background in helping Alex Rodriguez in, in his pursuit and his pushback against Major League Baseball years ago that factors into all of this. And the point of this article was to point out that if it were, in fact, Daniel Snyder, which reading through this article and hearing the different sources and different ways that this posi it's positioned, it certainly makes at least me draw the conclusion that Daniel Snyder and his camp would be the ones so bold as to leak this, um, but ending up hoisted by their own petard on here, according to a source who said without these leaks, he might just have survived. Because when you see in this 
The other thing that becomes clear is a lot of people that looked at Daniel Snyder's original punishment after the original investigation into the Washington Commanders and thought, huh, this seems a little light. Him just having to go away from the team for a nebulous amount of time, pay a little bit of a fine that is chump change relative to the amount of money that he's got in there. On and on down the list as that Washington team then turned the reins over to Jason Wright, uh, their team president. Ron Rivera is the head coach being the public-facing arm of this. Tanya Snyder taking over day-to-day operations. If it seemed a little light, they point out in this, that's because they believe that Daniel Snyder was able to influence the terms of his suspension using something referred to as the blackmail PowerPoint, where apparently Daniel Snyder and his leadership team or legal team presented a PowerPoint that contained, instead of compelling information backing up their client, tweets and other examples of uh, documents and emails that were meant to essentially be a threat to everyone in the room involved to the league office to show them they had the dirt on them. That same dirt that Daniel Snyder would later claim to have on all the other owners in the NFL as he felt the walls closing in on him. It became known in league circles as the blackmail PowerPoint. But according to this article, seemed to have some bit of sway and some bit of effect on what went down. But you go through this and it seems that the motive of Daniel Snyder looking at this situation involving him and his tenuous grasp on the team as time went on, saying, well, I've got a known bad relationship between John Gruden and the commissioner, Roger Goodell, that's documented in this article. Because remember, John Gruden was calling Monday Night Football uh, before when all these emails were sent, before he went back into coaching with the Raiders. I've got a known documented bad relationship with John Gruden and Roger Goodell I could exploit. Emails tied back to Bruce Allen, the former – executive in Washington who Daniel Snyder could then pin all of the toxic workplace issues on him as a scapegoat through these emails backing up to this which all makes enough sense to me right assuming Daniel Snyder to be the criminal mastermind behind most of what's gone on is probably the right way to go considering what we know about that particular actor in this but it did bring me to one particular exchange between Gruden and Snyder that I found particularly hilarious because it's hard to realize you're being used as sort of a pawn in somebody else's game. We've all got a bit of main character syndrome. And so when John Gruden recounts back and wonders what he could have done to Daniel Snyder to deserve this, knowing full well, this was never about Gruden. He was likely a means to an end in this. It goes back to this exchange that Gruden recounts where he bumped into Snyder. This is from the article. Snyder some years earlier. Snyder had bumped into Gruden at a restaurant. Gruden believes Snyder was drunk. And he and Gruden started playfully trash talking with Snyder calling Gruden fat and Gruden saying he might, quote, dribble his head into the asphalt. Both men laughed, but Gruden wondered if Snyder had taken offense. Playful trash talk. Only in John's Gruden, John Gruden's world would that be considered playful trash talk. Gee, I wonder if he felt some type of way about that as both of these dudes snarled their way through that. Yeah, me and all my boys sit around and call each other fat and then threaten to bounce each other's head off the asphalt there. The most quintessentially John Gruden bit of playful trash talk I could have possibly heard of, but uh, I'd imagine in no way actually led to this going down. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And now that the Boston Celtics have slayed the boogeyman in the Miami Heat, 
Boston fans, we feel a little bit more confident about the situation? You can decide right now. And if you're new to DraftKings, you can also check this out. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code GOJO. That's code GOJO for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. So again, make sure you go check out uh, Seth Wickersham and Don Van Nata's piece on everything surrounding the leaked emails that ultimately led to the firing of John Gruden and the eventual ousting of Dan Snyder. Uh, there's a lot to get into on that too. Uh, you know, the playbook uh, that people believe Dan Snyder and company used that was similar to what A-Rod did, but through the first reading, because there's a lot in there, I will walk away with this hilarious visual of John Gruden believing threatening to bounce someone's head or dribble someone's head off the asphalt as he encountered what he believed to be a drunk Dan Snyder outside of a restaurant that he believes that that is like playful banter and trash talk. Like for John Gruden, I'd imagine roughhousing with his friends is the equivalent of stabbing each other based on that. It's again, the main character syndrome we had all sometimes suffered from as John Gruden's trying to sit around figuring out what he could have done to deserve this from Dan Snyder as if Dan Snyder actually cared enough about John Gruden to make that happen and thinking, man, I probably shouldn't have told the egocentric billionaire that I was going to bounce his head off the asphalt. A little bit too much football guy mixed in there, but we'll wait and see. Speaking of football guy, uh, we got the breaking news announcement during the show. The Jets are officially selected by NFL and NFL Films to be the Hard Knocks team this year. Uh, they report to training camp July 19th and the cameras will be rolling. We said all along, while the Jets didn't seem to have any interest in actually being the Hard Knocks team, the NFL was having a hard time getting anyone to buy into it this year. They were the obvious answer. Team that met the qualifications of being bad enough to be forced into this and just happened to trade for the future Hall of Famer at quarterback this offseason. It was all there. And I truly think while some NFL teams go into this resistant, there aren't as many you know, Mike Tomlin quote, we want volunteers, not hostages. There aren't many teams as volunteery as the Detroit Lions were last year. I still think ultimately the camera microphone access is going to be too much for Aaron Rodgers to resist. I think the rest of this team with guys like Sauce Gardner, who we just saw as part of a defensive back melee on Twitter yesterday as Sauce Gardner and CJ Gardner-Johnson and Asante Samuel all got involved. Darrell Rebus chimed in. There was a Twitter spaces as defensive backs were just tearing each other apart online, past and present. I would say there's going to be enough uh, personalities to be able to make this happen. But while we're talking about hard knocks, why don't we talk about uh, our friends over at Knock Around right now? Because as you get ready for a summer strapped in watching the Jets go to training camp, you can also get into a great pair of shades that aren't going to have to be babied or cared for or primped or pampered. Knock around sunglasses are the go-to for quality polarized shades that won't break the bank. 
Plus, they just released their first nine teams of their official MLB collection, including the Red Sox, the Yankees, as well as the official U.S. Women's National Team sunglasses, so you can add a little extra something to your game day outfit for the summer's big matches. Don't be the person squinting into the sun or worried about getting sand on their overpriced sunglasses. Head over to knockaround.com and get great-looking polarized sunglasses that start at just 28 bucks. And with that in mind, as we get ready for the Women's World Cup, and again, I'm going to have my knockarounds ready to go for that, uh, we had a cool chance yesterday, so we recorded this uh, interview a couple days ago, me and Dad, with Alexis Guerrero and Christian Polanco over at the Cooligans podcast to kind of start to look ahead, because as we mentioned, this is a Women's World Cup that's really kind of a changing of the guard. You've got, you know... Uh, Certain uh, retirements, people coming up on their last couple here. Um, Megan Rapino announced her retirement after this World Cup from both the national team and the NWSL. You've got youngsters upcoming here. And as always, we kind of want to know, where do we need to put our eyes? Who are our biggest threats and challengers? And who are the stars in the Stars and Stripes that we're going to get to watch? So here's our interview with the fellas over at the Cooligans Podcast, getting you ready for the upcoming Women's World Cup. All right, very excited for this as we are nearing the start of the Women's World Cup. Uh, I have so much blue and gold from our trip to Colorado Springs out at the Olympic training oh. set. Blue and gold. God, Notre Dame colors. I have so much red, white, and blue from blue our trip to Colorado Springs at the Olympic. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. I don't know which country I've now accidentally aligned myself with for the World Cup. We can ask for help from our friends. Uh, you guys know them from the Cooligans podcast over at Meadowlark Media here on DraftKings Network. Our friends Alexis Guerrero and Christian Polanco joining us now to help get us ready. Do we know, is there a country that is represented by blue and gold in their colors that I have now mistakenly aligned myself with as a fan? I think you're, I think you're now representing Bosnia and Herzegovina. <laughs> yeah. Boy, so if, if that, countries. Yeah, if, if, if that's the case, then our odds are really, really bad on this one. We're, yeah. we're in a hell of a lot of trouble. Let's stick with the Notre Dame blue and gold. Jeez. Also, yeah. uh, you know, I think international sports i know it's not something you guys cover in the sports you typically cover but you just can't say red white and blue because you might be rooting for north korea right <laughs> you or, gotta say stars and stripes or france <laughs> you know my god that is i true. do that on twitter i might as well i'm gonna get canceled <laughs> yeah exactly you we gotta go be... stars and stripes <laughs> all right so we've already got our first bit of learning done for today it is stars and stripes from yep. here on out I've got boatloads of those. This is not the world's first pro North Korea podcast coming out of America. Uh, rest <laughs> the so you have arrived at the right place to get ready. If you are interested in the stars and stripes or, or any of what's coming up in general, guys. So uh, just for you guys, what is the excitement level at right now? Getting ready for the women's world cup. This is traditionally something we've dominated. I think as general fans of American sports, we've been used to this as our ace in the hole where we can show up and know we're going to kind of kick everyone's teeth in. So where are we at with the women's national team and our usual preferred dominance over the rest of the world? We're at a place where right now it, it is, there's a little bit of turnover, a lot of younger players. We're seeing players like Ashley Sanchez, Trinity Rodman, obviously Dennis Rodman's uh, daughter uh, who scored two goals yesterday against, uh, against Wales. We are seeing, we're at a place where it's, I think every single, every single women's world cup, we go in expecting to win, but not necessarily shocked if we don't. So right now, my, my main concern from a tactical level is we only brought two center backs. So we only have two central defenders. And then 
Vlatko Andonovsky, our head coach, is going to kind of just figure stuff out, mix and match, and find players that can play in that position from time to time. In other words, the car doesn't have a spare tire. <laughs> so, uh, so it's a little, it's a little scary. <laughs> so that's my, but we have such strong attacking talent that I think we're going to overpower a lot of teams offensively. So that's where I'm at right now. I'm telling you, that is a great analogy for the casual fan like us. That's something I can hang on to. I mean, I just got that visual. I'm like, okay, all right. Well, depth may be an issue here. All right. So, so I got it. Well done by you guys. So, let, let me let me piggyback that with, I believe there are 14 first-year World Cup uh, women on this team. So of those, again, as the casual fan watching this, how many of those 14 are, like, very, very instrumental, that, like, that we're counting on? I, I would say that if you made it onto this team, you're wildly instrumental. Uh, this is a very... It's a very difficult task to come up with a roster for the women's national team because we are so high skilled in most of the positions so we have a lot of versatile players as well it's the younger players have to sort of cement themselves uh christian mentioned uh dennis rodman's daughter trinity rodman trinity rodman is an incredible player but is she the starter not just yet but based on the way she played in the last match it looks like she would the way this feels right now it feels like the dream team but like imagine if they made the dream team the year jordan started playing with the Wizards. you'd be like all right, maybe he shouldn't be the starter right now. Right, and there's right. a lot of kids that are really good. Right, because there's that. It's that level. There's players like Megan Rapinoe, who we uh, we know and love, and we've seen her year after year. She obviously won. Uh, She's 38, two, though. Yeah, exactly. There's gonna be there's certain players that most of the assists you're gonna have is handing out orange slices <laughs> to the younger kids on this team. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> but the th that's kind of it. Like it, it's gonna be an opportunity for uh, these young players to shine. I mean, they're. They, my one of my concerns we we had some injuries right before the World Cup to Becky Sauerbrunn, uh, the center back, and then Mal who was our captain? Who was for, our captain? You know, and then uh, uh, Mallory Swanson, who's uh, married to Dansby Swanson of uh, of the Cubs, by, right. by the way. Yep. Um, and uh, you know, really bad injuries to players that were like really in form and doing really really well. So that's where I, I'm I'm fearful that that they aren't we don't have those exact players to to step up because now the players are going to have to step up and they're not necessarily in the great form that we had those players that you know that that were just in, injured. So that's that's where I get a little bit nervous, but I I still kind of expect a. U.S. Women's National Team in the final because again we have such versatile players. We have the, the a lot of the players play in the National Women's Soccer League, and and it's it's I will still say it's the best league in the world uh, for women's soccer. But you know the counterpoint to that is it's a lot like the NBA where if you look at the draft, there's a lot of names you couldn't pronounce on teams you've never heard of in Europe. You know because of the internet, because of how good this women's national team is, we've inspired a lot of people to get better. And I'm like, yo, you need to chill with that. <laughs> This used to be our thing. <laughs> Slow it down. Yeah, can you pull back on being so good, Europe? Uh, so you know, a lot of the a lot of the European nations have really started to invest heavily in the women's game in an effort one to stop the U.S. from being the dominant force. But they've kind of started to catch up. Spain, I'm looking at Spain is looking like a good team. Yeah. France, it was really tough for us to beat. Uh, they were the the team that we had to sort of go against that were considered our main competition. England, all of a sudden, are an incredible squad. They're missing some big players, but they too are dangerous. Uh, so be, because we're in a transition, because we're going from a golden era to this new era that we're hoping, like Christian said, someone steps up and really takes the reign and says, this is my squad and starts shining. 
because we're in that mode, there's an opportunity that one of these European teams could sneak in. Yeah. Got hoisted by our own petard right now, the victims of our own success and <laughs> making everybody else uh, gun at us this hard. You mentioned some of the teams that are going to be the U.S.'s chief competition in this, uh, but you also mentioned looking for that next group to step up. If you had to kind of bet right now, looking at this young crop of American talent on who you thought the next star potential player is that could emerge through this World Cup, who would you guys circle on the sheet right now? Uh, I got to say Sophie Smith. Uh, she plays Ooh, for the I'll have a different name. For, for the Portland Thorns. Uh, she is... Uh, She's a baller. Baller. Just uh, scoring a bunch of goals. She's, she's uh, you know, we were at the NWSL final uh, last year when Portland Thorns won, uh, and she scored uh, early in that game as well. Her she, goal celebration is great. She shrugs her shoulders and does nice like, Jordan damn, I'm good, you know? <laughs> nice little Jordan shrug. Uh, she's going to... I think uh, I, I would expect, you know, golden ball... Probably for her, uh, meaning which is score the most goals. Score the in most the goals. Uh, I think she's probably the best attacker in the entire tournament. So that's that's the name I'm circling because I think she's gonna really really uh, stand out. I think two different names I'm gonna throw at you. I'm gonna say Trinity Rodman again. Uh, shows that has this thing about her that she does something spectacular every time she's on the ball, and she's just someone who like I don't know what it is about her game, but she can score a goal. It makes how the way she scores it makes it a highlight you want to watch. So she's absolutely spectacular. And the other name I'm going to say is Ashley Sanchez. Uh, just someone who may be getting opportunities because Rose Lavelle, an incredible midfielder on our team, is injured, starting to come back. We don't know if she's going to be healthy in time uh, or when she gets healthy within this competition. So it was a risk to bring her in and put her on the roster because she really hasn't played for her, uh, for her domestic team. But Ashley Sanchez, if she gets a chance to start, this, this – Ashley Sanchez, I'm telling you now – by stock in Trinity Rahman or Ashley Sanchez because yeah. they are super and they're, and they're both teammates also. They play on the Washington Spirit. So uh, you, you, I, I would expect a lot from both of them as well. So lo looking at this from what kind of a groove do they get into as this tournament starts? A group E, they're with Vietnam, Portugal, and Netherlands. Netherlands, I think, is plus 1,600 while the U.S. are, are the favorite. Then what is it? Uh, Portugal, a plus 10,000, and Vietnam, plus 50,000. You know, <laughs> Put your money on so, Vietnam. <laughs> so I, I was going to say, yeah, if you want to lose it, or just give it to me because There's it's the, the same thing you're losing. Right there, baby. So, so, what, so what do you do during this group play? We should Obviously, we're the favorite to win this whole thing. How do you play these first few games? Do you get everybody involved? What you work on the rotation? What's, what's kind of the strategy? I'll, I'll say it's a little dangerous to suggest to rest players. I know, like, our first thought is, well, we should be able to. But the thing is, is that the other, the other team that we should be competing against, which is Netherlands in this group, will be playing their best players against some of these smaller nations that, you know, you're going to score a lot of goals on. And it's not just the points. You win three points for every win, and you get a point for every draw. But it's the goal differentials next. So how many right. more goals you score than the other team? So they can rack up their goal differential, potentially usurp you within that group. So you want to finish top of the group because then you play a second-place finisher from another group. So typically you would expect an easier matchup in that first round of the knockout stages. Yeah, and then uh, Netherlands, in that group state, Netherlands is going to be obviously the, 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 the toughest game. Uh, Netherlands uh, played against the U.S. in the final uh, of the 2019 World Cup. So there's going to be some... Kind of, you There's know, motivation. Motivation for some revenge there, and Netherlands have a, a very good squad as well. So, so basically, what you're saying, because of goal differential, we just try and kick everybody's teeth in. 
as many as many teeth as you can. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's why. Yeah, like you're a dentist and you owe a lot of bad people money. <laughs> you got kicking a lot of teeth. Well, this is why. And we can we can just get ahead of it. We can just get ahead of it now because in the last World Cup when the U.S. played against Thailand and won like eleven nothing, fifteen nil, fifty whatever it was. Everybody was like, "Oh, well, they shouldn't be. They should uh, a mercy rule. They shouldn't be trying to score. Well, should they be celebrating goals like that?" Yes, they're gonna watch again against Vietnam. You, you let, we should expect a lot of goals against them, and they're going to celebrate. It's a World Cup. Right. Shut up. <laughs> Goal yep. differential is important. Yeah. So stop complaining. Terrell Owens celebrated every touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. hey, listen, you get the chance to stun on somebody on the national stage like that, you take the opportunity and you run yeah. with it. I don't think any of us would do any differently <laughs> in this. Hopefully that does mean a lot of orange slices getting handed out very happily on the sideline by Megan Rapino. Then you guys mentioned before, going to be Lovely. more in that role of the veteran players supporting the cause here. Obviously she announced that she, after this world cup is going to be retiring both from the NWSL and from the national team as best you guys can. And I know this is almost an impossible task. Is there a way to sum up what she has meant to this U S program during her tenure? Uh, a, a leader, uh, um, um, sort of mouthpiece for the team, a someone who supported younger players on the way up, someone who supported the rise of the game, someone who supported the national team as a whole when it comes to contract negotiations. She's just been a, a consummate leader and someone who was willing to put her career and her reputation on the line to defend what was what at least what she thought was best for the team and what was best for some of the other players in the past national team players on the women's team would get paid more for the more games they played. So the senior players would sort of be quiet about bringing in younger players because at least they got to make more money and they didn't make a lot of money on the, on the, on the, on the club side playing for their uh, domestic team. So it's, it was sort of something where it was not commonly done where she was very vocal about making sure that the people that came after her were put in a better position than she was. And that is to me just, a, a yeah. true I mean, I always say, you know, Megan uh, has uh, been on our show and, and we've worked with her in the past and she is just one of the most inspirational people. She's a hero in my mind for, for you know, kneeling alongside with Colin Kaepernick, uh, fighting for equal pay. She's just done so many things that, that inspired me individually, uh, but inspired so many others. I mean, we, we, we hosted an event um, where uh, in Charlotte with her uh, where she was she was on stage with us and there were probably about. I don't know, 6,000 people there to just see her and supporting her. Just kids there, crying, there holding little, up there signs. There were little girls that, that were like, can you give uh, Megan this uh, picture of her so that she could, she just, they just wanted us to give her artwork. I'm like, I don't even know. Oh, I remember this young girl drew something and she said it took her like a week and she said, crying, could you give this to Megan Rapinoe? <laughs> and I said, if you give me $50, I will. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. Listen, in your pocket, What's kid. in it for me? I, I don't need to hear any more yeah. about the tears. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk to him. How that, much do you really love Megan Rapinoe? Yeah. <laughs> that, that's when her crying turned into sobbing at that point. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we're so, huge fans here for sure. So so Megan is is she announced this is her her last her last ride here. Alex Morton, Morgan and Kelly O'Hara are both on their fourth team, just like uh, Megan Rapinoe, the fourth World Cup, uh, World Cup team or, or national team. So they haven't announced anything, at least to my knowledge. Will, in your guys' mind, will this be their last appearance on the national team? Last I don't World think Cup. so. No, Alex, Alex Morgan. It is, feels like Alex Morgan's got at least one more World Cup in her. 
almost it does. I mean, and also she is in great form playing for San Diego. She's on a new team uh, that, you know, that's new. Back tech. home, she's from California. Yeah, and she, it looks like she's having a, a, a great time on a great team as well. So I don't see Alex Morgan going anywhere anytime soon. No. Uh, and Kelly O'Hara as well. Uh, Gotham FC are now what, like in third place in, in uh, on the table. Uh, they look great as well. So I don't. Yeah. And if you guys are watching and you've never watched women's sports or women's soccer before, the easiest way to explain Alex Morgan is she's a bucket. She just scores. That's yeah. all she does. If you give her the ball, she's going to find a way to score. She makes other teams really nervous. Like typically you'll find two defenders on her. You'll find defenders worrying about where she is because she just knows how to score. She's got an eye for goal. It's incredible. A walking bucket, spare tires. You guys have come in here and spoke our language the entire day. It is greatly appreciated. <laughs> uh, stars and stripes all over on this side from here on out. Um, <laughs> Alexis, Christian, we can't thank you guys enough for the time. I I'm sure and hopefully we'll get a chance to talk to you guys again during the World Cup and certainly beyond that. Yeah, plenty of yeah. other things I'd love to pick your guys' brain on. So thank you so much. Everyone, make sure you check out the Cooligans, and hopefully we'll talk to you guys soon, all right? Thank Absolutely. you so much. Honored guys. to be on your show. Honored. Cheers, cheers, cheers. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. All right, time to finish this off with this, that, and the third. Three quick stories to finish off your day. As always, make sure you download, subscribe, rate, review. Leave us that five-star rating. Let us know more of what you want to hear. Um, and heavily food-based today. I've been left to my own devices, which uh, means we're going to get kind of fat. But first, the never-ending saga of Victor Wembanyama and Britney Spears. We finally heard from Britney Spears. Uh, she posted a video on her social medias basically responding to some of the flack that she had gotten Brittany made the mistake and honestly this is a big celebrities they're just like us moment of reading the replies in this case she referenced coming from radio stations that she had heard saying that she deserved to get uh what she got in that interaction for running up on big vic in public saying security was doing their job I appreciated that Britney Spears pulled the y'all I've been famous for a really long time card on everybody who had something to say. As she pointed out, I have been famous and around famous people for a long time. I have been in crowds of 12 year olds throwing themselves at bands like NSYNC and I've had security around me who has never once treated people that way. So it was a reminder that uh, she's got the firsthand experience that I would buy on this even as some people would look at Britney Spears and maybe not believe some of what she says at this point. That was a pretty uh, well-timed flex. But she basically said she got the apology 30 minutes later inside the restaurant, says she wants one publicly, which is a reminder. This was all so avoidable and is all so impossibly dumb. All Victor Wembanyama and their camp had to do was go, apologize to Britney Spears, take the picture that she wanted in the first place, and then post that with an apology and saying, all's well, excited to get a little bit of American culture on my first trip into the States. Period. Done. I don't know why I'm so much better at PR than so many of these people, but if any of you want to pay me as a consultant, I am absolutely willing and able to assist. So we'll see if anything actually comes to that. I'd imagine not. This is probably going to peter out, and I think for the good of everyone involved. But again, 
very easy words. And I always say two, but it's technically three because it's a contraction. I am sorry. That's all you need to say. I am sorry. We wished it had gone differently. You said it in private. Just say it in public. We can all move on from this. Uh, treat Britney Spears with the love and respect that we did not during her time as a pop star. Uh, let's get to that and start with the food train here. Burger King in Thailand is going viral for a new sandwich that contains only bread and 20 slices of American cheese. You read that correctly. Dubbed the real cheeseburger, this new menu item consists of America's uh, American cheese and the chain's signature sesame seed bun sold for the produced rice of 109 Thai baht, which is roughly $3.10, versus the regular cheeseburger that goes for about 380 baht. A bunch of TikTokers went over and started to uh, videotape this. To me, this is indicative of one thing. Burger King is drunk with power after the Whopper, 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 BK, have it your way jingle slogan. They got into all of our brains. They clearly were successful. It said in the article that I read that Burger King's enjoying a good bump right now in their year-over-year -year, uh, earnings. And I'd imagine it's largely due to the fact that they came out with a banger of a jingle that everybody was using and everybody enjoyed. Really, I mean, McDonald's, thank God they had this whole grimace season go because they had really been operating from a disadvantaged position after BK figured out that jingle. And now they're drunk with power and they've decided soft launch in Thailand, this all cheese sandwich. And rest assured, it's not melted cheese. It's not anything like that. It is 20 dry slices of American cheese between two buns. That being said, would try. The stomach results would be devastating. But I would do that for the people. I would go and I would find my way into that. I'm not sure if there's a combination I would enjoy better. Like I did a week eating at Arby's one time uh, as it, not a promotional thing with them. I flirted with Twitter enough to get them to buy me lunch for a week. And so I've, I've put my stomach through the test, right? I have eaten the thing so that you don't have to. I do a candy tasting series online because I'm an idiot for that same reason. And I always said, like, when I did that week at Arby's, I ate an off-menu item called Meat Mountain, which is every meat they have on the menu in one giant sandwich. I did that so you didn't have to. You shouldn't. I love Arby's, but you shouldn't eat that particular item. And I feel like none of these TikTokers here actually took the plunge. I saw them all pulling the sandwich apart, didn't actually take a bite. I'd be willing to go and probably ingest about half that sandwich before I got too sick to function, just so you wouldn't have to. Because, listen, I, I know this is going to anger and sadden friend of the program, Spencer Hall, but I love cheese. And so... I'm not afraid of that. The sliced American cheese that used to come out of the little plastic wrapper, the Kraft one, used to stuff like that, stuff that in my face as a kid all the time. So not afraid of that. Body's built different. But overall, this probably seems like an idea we need to get away from. But uh, if anyone actually makes their way over to Thailand and tries this, at Gojo Show on Twitter, at Mike Golick Jr., I need an actual review. I don't trust a lot of these influencers. I need an actual review from someone who is boots on the ground getting after this thing. Let's get to the third. This is the real important business because we have got to throw our support behind a mo one of the more important groups of people that we have in this country. 
Employees at a Waffle House restaurant in Columbia, South Carolina, went on strike this weekend, protesting poor and unsafe working conditions as well as low pay, according to the newly formed Union of Southern Service Workers. After workers delivered a petition to management last week asking for more support and fair scheduling and pay, as well as improved job safety, they claimed their concerns were not adequately addressed and subsequently went on a three-day strike starting on Saturday. Employees described dangerous and threatening working conditions at the store, which is located in the city with one of the highest crime rates in America, with employees experiencing customers throwing cups of salt sugar at them. One customer described a belligerent customer brandishing a knife at her, according to the Post and Courier. Waffle House employees are the backbone of this nation. We are pro-union in many ways around this show, and so obviously want to support them in their effort to get what they deserve. Because Waffle House should be a dangerous experience for the customers, not the employees. They got a job to do there. They should be cared for, appreciated, and protected in that process. Because as you know, going to Waffle House is an experience unlike any other. Seeing that glowing yellow sign in the distance off the side of the highway or in a college football town in the SEC is one of the great joys in my life. And I can speak for my father on that front too. If there's a Waffle House in our vicinity, we are going to find it. And part of that experience is knowing you're going to go in and get dinner and a show. Knowing you're going to get people shouting. Knowing you're going to get workers at the Waffle House talking way too loudly about inner office politics in there. In a way that you just got to sit back and take because that's part of the experience at the Waffle House. But on the other side, because everyone can also tell you if you've been to a Waffle House late night, you got a decent chance of seeing a fight, you got a decent chance of seeing something go down, that the workers need hazard pay for that. They need to be justly compensated and taken care of because they are working in one of the more chaotic eating experiences that you can muster. And again, I'm fine if that's chaotic for the customer because we're coming in and receiving goods and services for going in there. We are assuming that risk. Once you get your your stuff smothered, covered, chunked, however you take your hash browns, that's essentially the waiver you sign. That Whatever happens after this, we're going to kind of have to figure it out here. But the workers deserve better than that. I have always enjoyed my experiences with the Waffle House staff there. They make sure I get scalding hot black coffee, a pancake-like waffle, and butter-covered meat, eggs, and, of course, the smothered, chunked, covered, however you take your hash browns, all safely and soundly. The least we can do as a nation that has benefited off the backs of the labor of these people is support them when it's their time. So I say this seriously. I support the Waffle House workers in getting every last dime and every last bit of protection that they deserve out there, and you should do the same. End of rant. Um, we will have Dad back tomorrow to get our first update on what's going on out at Lake Tahoe. Hopefully we can track down Stu Gotts in the process. We'll see. I saw him and Mike Ryan out on the course. It looks beautiful there. They have conned everyone once again into sending them out there and paying for the trip. We will get an update on that. Uh, and more. If you enjoyed this show, however, Solo Gojo, make sure you download, subscribe, rate, review, leave us that five-star rating. Check us out on the DraftKings YouTube channel as well as DraftKingsNetwork.com. And of course, Samsung TV Plus. Let them know because Dad and Brandon aren't probably going to believe me when I said that this actually went all right. Uh, so we'll check that out. I am going to get ready after tomorrow's show to head to Tahoe. We'll have plenty content from Boots on the Ground there as well. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Go, go. Boom, money in the bank.